a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And as always, it is great to be with you. And uh, I do want to know what's on your mind. Uh, add to the conversation. You can always do that on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. And uh, we've had some great guests. James Walner was just on the line with us, giving us the inside into the United States Senate and what's happening in Congress. We had Scott Pulsifer, president of uh, Western Governors University. Great innovation in learning uh, happening there. And, of course, KSL's own Alex Carey uh, helped us uh, take a look into the fall. And a great piece of news today with BYU playing Navy on Labor Day on ESPN. National audience for that. So that's uh, those are all in the good news department and uh, so make sure you chime in, make sure you follow along, uh, make sure you've got the KSL News Radio app uh, on your phone or your mobile device so you can uh, make sure you don't miss a thing. Go back and pick up a podcast if you need to as well. That's powered by our friends at Any Hour Services. Uh, if you were with us yesterday, uh, we shared a, a couple of thoughts as we uh, look to today, uh, August the 6th, uh, as the 75th anniversary of the dropping of the atomic bomb on Hiroshima, of course, three days later. Uh, the second bomb was dropped on Nagasaki and the, the death and destruction that uh, that resulted there and the lessons that we need to continue to learn from those moments. Uh, I remember as a, a 20-year-old uh, standing very solemnly at Hiroshima. Uh, it is a very quiet place and it is a, a place where that silence is incredibly Stirring. It's it's haunting in in one way because you you try to imagine and and feel and think of uh, of what happened in that moment. Uh, so many lives lost. So many lives changed forever. Uh, but there's also this in it's it's like it's an exclamation point uh, to the resilience of the the Japanese people and humanity in general. Uh, that rebirth. That drive to move forward. Uh, and there's so many things worth thinking about and worth reflecting on uh, as we look back 75 years to Hiroshima. Uh, and I, I shared yesterday and wanted to go through today as we look at some of the important things that we're looking at, this higher good uh, that's so important. The Stoics often talked about that uh, that ultimate good and how we each need to look at that. And it includes courage. It inc- includes wisdom and perspective and virtue uh, uh, all of those things are so vital as we look at the challenging world around us. We've been trying to do that here uh, as we talk about uh, the moonshot uh, challenge we've been given, uh, throwing that out to everyone do everything you can between now and Labor Day uh, to be part of the solution, uh, to to lower the cases, to create space so we can get uh, children back in school and athletic events rolling and we can protect the elderly and the most vulnerable uh, everybody can do something, and we challenge you to do that. Uh, there's only 32 days left until Labor Day, 
And so we want you to continue to join that cause and do everything you can uh, to make sure we're we're quelling the virus and the pandemic and we're positioning ourselves to have a much better fall and a much better, much brighter rest of 2020. So join us in that. You can go to Deseret. Uh, you can go to moonshot.deseret.com. Uh, engage there. Of course, you can do that on our uh, Facebook page here at KSL as well. And uh, as we were looking back and reflecting yesterday, I came across a, a speech delivered by uh, President Barack Obama in 2016. He was the first sitting U.S. president to visit Hiroshima. Uh, Jimmy Carter actually visited uh, after his presidency. Uh, Richard Nixon actually visited Hiroshima before his presidency. Uh, but the first sitting president was uh, Barack Obama. And uh, he shared some some things that were just stirring to me. And this this idea of coming back and remembering matters. And so first, uh, President Obama, as he laid a wreath there on that ceremony uh, in Hiroshima, uh, he talked about, you know, what happened and what it should cause each of us to do. One years ago, on a bright, cloudless morning, death fell from the sky and the world was changed. A flash of light and a wall of fire destroyed a city and demonstrated that mankind possessed the means to destroy itself. Why do we come to this place, to Hiroshima? We come to ponder a terrible force unleashed in a not-so-distant past. We come to mourn the dead, including over 100,000 Japanese men, women, and children, thousands of Koreans, a dozen Americans held prisoner. Their souls speak to us. They ask us to look inward, to take stock of who we are and what we might become. So again, uh, 75 years ago, the world did change. The world changed forever uh, as we recognized and realized that with all the innovation, all the greatness that had happened around the world, that there was also a power to destroy itself uh, here in the world. Uh, but that invitation to to look inward, to take stock of who we are and what we might become is, is really a challenge for the ages. Uh, I want to go back to President Obama. And again, I don't care if you loved him as a president or didn't like him as a president. Uh, he spoke words at Hiroshima at a place that did change the world and should continue to shape the world in terms of who we are and what we want to become. Uh, His concluding remarks were really stirring to me and present this important idea of moral imagination. That is why we come to this place. We stand here in the middle of this city and force ourselves to imagine the moment the bomb fell. We force ourselves to feel the dread of children confused by what they see. We listen to a silent cry. We remember all the innocents killed across the arc of that terrible war and the wars that came before and the wars that would follow. Someday, the voices of the Hibakusha will no longer be with us to bear witness. But the memory of the morning of August 6th, 1945, must never fade. That memory allows us to fight complacency, 
It fuels our moral imagination. It allows us to change. Uh, I just love that, that the the voices of the, the Hibakusha, those are the survivors, uh, that they will fade. There'll be a time when there are, are not any more uh, with us. There are very few left. Uh, but we can't let what happened that changed the world, we can't let that memory fade. Uh, we can't uh, move on as if nothing happened. So again, that, that memory, that stopping, reflecting, thinking, allows us to fight the complacency, and it fuels our moral imagination, which allows us to change. I love that. Moral imagination is power. Uh, it is needed now more than ever before. Uh, I love the way Dr. Martin Luther King said it. Uh, I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final world word in reality. And so when you begin to combine that moral imagination with truth and love, uh, that's what promotes peace. That's what promotes understanding. That's what promotes progress. And it's it's really stunning to think that after the second bomb was dropped on Nagasaki, a third drop bomb uh, has not been unleashed on the world. In the past 75 years, restraint. Restraint has kept the world safe from such weapons. Restraint, uh, I think, is one of the most powerful and precious character traits in a leader uh, or in a nation. Uh, I don't know if you read this morning, George Will noted that one of humanity's remarkable achievements is the absence of something. So it's the fact that it's been 27,394 days since a nuclear weapon was detonated in battle. Uh, there are a lot of other lessons from, from Hiroshima uh, that address the importance of being grounded in principle and resilient in the face of adversity. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, just last year, I was in Tokyo uh, for the G20 Interfaith Forum, which is always held ahead of the G20 Economic Summit. Uh, and uh, Elder Garrett W. Gong, an apostle in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, he spoke there. He spoke of this uh, powerful metaphor of these uh, trees that survived. They're called the uh, hibakujimoku. Uh, it's a survivor tree that not only withstood the blast, but they immediately started to sprout and grow. And this great resilience that comes uh, from deep roots and strong resilience. Deep roots and strong resilience. I think we have that in this country. Deep roots of principle, going back to the founding of the nation, our founding documents, and resilience is really a core part of the American dream and the American experience. And so those are the things that we have to think through and uh, understand as we uh, move forward. Uh, so think through those. This moral imagination is a power we all need to be familiar with. All right, that's going to do it for us today on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.